as believable as, as Amy was and as scared as Amy was, she really well, believed I, that he was this big shot with this mob. But I know that uh, Anthony Gambino's name came up. And I myself told Amy that if anything comes up in court about Anthony Gambino, it's better off to take a, a contempt of court for not answering the question than it is to find out he was and be involved. But I do remember also that it was after the trial, I believe. No, well, it might have been before the trial, but I, I keep thinking it was after that we got a phone call and nobody was home. We went on the recording and just said, uh, Amy, honey, this is Anthony. I just wanted you to know that I think the world of you, if you ever need anything, you contact me. She, she thought it was Gambino. Oh. I don't know if they've ever connected Gambino to it. I don't know. I don't know. When this thing goes to court and trial, I have one shot and one opportunity to be not guilty or I go to prison in death row. Mm -hmm. that's, that's the reality of it. We have busted alibis. We have caught people in lies. This is just insane because everybody's pointing the finger at somebody else. You just don't hear every day walking in somebody's house, they're going to take the plastic out and pop somebody. So he could get the execution date pretty much any day? Yeah. There's no impediment. This is Cousins by Blood. Episode 24, The Murder Weapon. Within the police case file was the name of the original owner of the gun found in Tawny's apartment. The gun was originally bought in 1996 at the Bullet Trap in Plano, Texas. The police file says the gun was purchased by a man named Aubrey Gordon. He lived on Cobbler's Lane, less than two miles from James and Amy Kitchen's house and less than two miles from Ivan and Amy Betcher's apartment. So how did Aubrey's gun become the murder weapon? Did Aubrey know Ivan or James? Did he sell Ivan the gun shortly before the murders? What did Aubrey have to say for himself at trial? We don't know. He was never called to the stand. Actually, his name never even came up at trial. And there's no record of the police ever interviewing him. It is a crucial element of this case, figuring out how Aubrey Gordon's gun became the murder weapon. And it appears no one ever looked into it. Last episode, you heard Mr. Ludus, a fingerprint expert, conclude that was not Ivan's fingerprint on the murder weapon. That doesn't prove Ivan's innocence. 
But assuming Mr. Lutis is correct, that proves Ivan did not get a fair trial. And we don't know what Aubrey Gordon would have testified to at that trial. But there's one thing we do know, and that is Aubrey's gun was found under Tawny's couch cushion. And it would seem there are only two people who could have put it there, Ivan or Amy. So somehow, Aubrey's gun connects back to them. Let's start back from the beginning. Here's what I know about Aubrey Gordon. In the police file, they actually had his name wrong to begin with. His name is really Aubrey Gordon Patton. And he was born in 1948. So in 2000, he would have been 52, 25 years older than Ivan at the time. So how did they potentially cross paths? Or how did he cross paths with Amy or any of the other persons of interest? Well, it wasn't going to be easy to find out 20 years after the fact. Aubrey Gordon Patton died in 2009. So I started contacting people related to him, beginning with who I believed to be his ex-wife. Let me ask you, are you or were you, I guess, um, related or married to an Aubrey Gordon Patton? Yes. And you were married? Yes. Yes, ma'am. The reason I'm asking is his name came up in a case that I'm working, a case where a gun was found or a gun was used in 2000, and the gun came back registered to an Aubrey Gordon Patton. And I'm just trying to figure out how this gun wound up as a part of a uh, of a murder case. I uh, wouldn't know. I didn't even know he had a gun when I was married to him. As far as I know, he's he's deceased. That was a long time ago, too. I don't I don't even remember when that was. Uh, yeah, I believe that was around, I think, 2009, I want to say. When did you all get divorced? Well, I married him, and he caught me into selling everything I owned, and we moved to Hawaii, and we lived, I lived in Hawaii for five years, and I divorced him over there, and I came back to the mainland. And he ended up marrying some little Filipino that he met. Would that be a pattern? Yeah. That's that's the one. <laughs> that's the one. What year would it have been that you guys uh, were together? I've been back 25 years. So around 90, 95-ish? Yeah, yeah. Um, because you had purchased in 96 when he was living at Tavler Lane. That's in Dallas. He lived in Dallas? Uh, Yeah, apparently. Didn't know that either. <laughs> oh, so you didn't know him in Dallas, huh? That's, no. Uh, what kind of business was he in? He was an insurance adjuster. When we lived in Hawaii, when I met him, he was an insurance adjuster, and I'm an insurance. That's how we kind of got together. And then um, 
it was his idea to move to Hawaii. Uh-huh. And we both, we both, he taught me into it, and I quit my job. He quit his job, and we just, so I sold everything I owned and moved to Hawaii. And we both landed good jobs over there. We lived in Honolulu. Um, oh, wow. It was fun for a while. I was like, you know, being on vacation all the time. But he got to be kind of weird on me and, you know, started wanting to have fantasies of all these little Oriental ladies. That, and I said, that's it. I'm done. I divorced him over there before I left, yeah. Okay, so about 25 years, and then he met this Patton. He was dating her. I was still there making arrangements, and I had to I had to send my stuff back. He was uh, calling me and telling me about this person that he met. She was so fine, and oh, he was just, he's kind of crazy. So, yeah, so did he have any kids? Since Aubrey was 25 years older than Ivan and Amy... I wondered if he had a kid around their age. No. He didn't have any kids. I don't think I don't think he had any kids, no. Not that I know of. How long were y'all married? Maybe four and a half years. <sighs> Why is he in prison? Was wasn't he caught with a gun? He didn't have it on him. Seems like it could have been planted by his kind of girlfriend at the time that was turning him in. Was it that little Filipino? Well, I'm trying to figure out, was she, do you think maybe she did a little stripping? She was a stripper, yeah. She was a stripper? Yeah, she worked at a place in, in uh, uh, Waikiki called uh, Pure Platinum. Now we're getting somewhere. You'll remember Amy worked as a stripper, too. Also, Carlos worked at the strip club Baby Dolls in Dallas. And Ivan did, too, briefly. She was a stripper, and I wonder if she was... And so he brought her back over here. He was always going somewhere. So somehow he went... Somehow he ended up going to the Philippines, and that's where he met her. He met her in the Philippines. Uh Uh-huh. And he came back to Honolulu, and he kept trying to get me to get back together with him, and I didn't want to have anything to do with him. And he called me at work and bothered me and everything. He was telling me about this girl that he, this young girl that he met and everything, and, and he was going to marry her and bring her back to the United States and all this, and he did it. You know, that's just how stupid he was, I guess. Well, so now, how do you know she was a stripper? Oh, because he was constantly calling me and just telling me all about his new wife, and I'd, I'd like for you to meet her and everything. She actually called me up. He, I don't know why he told her who I was, I was his ex-wife at that time, and uh, she called me up and she said, he no love you, he love me, I kill you, I kill you. She was threatening to kill me. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. That was crazy. It was just, like, bizarre. So, but, so she was stripping in Hawaii? Yep. Hmm, because I'm just thinking that if it wasn't the guy that got convicted, some of the other people that he's pointing the finger at, they used to manage strip clubs in Dallas. Well, there you go. Because I, I did notice that her age, uh, she's the same age as, as all these guys. She was about, she's, oh. about, she's about 47 now. She would have been about 27 then. And yeah, she's the same sounds, age as... That sounds about right, yeah. 
so could a strip club be the connection through Aubrey, who had a thing for strippers, or his Filipino wife? However, Aubrey's Filipino wife started out by telling me her marriage to Aubrey didn't last too long either. Okay, now when did you all get divorced? I got divorced on 1996. <laughs> 1996, okay, and and uh, were you in Dallas at that time? Yes. Were you uh, with him at the resident cobbler? On what year? I have him living there mid-90s. I was just wondering if you no, were with him I, when he lived there. Uh, yes, I was there when uh, when we got a divorce. When you got the divorce. And, and stayed there after the divorce. And he stayed there. Okay, and do and, um, you remember where you were working at that point? What does that got to do with that stuff? I'm just trying to figure out how this gun would have wound up in a crime. So I was just trying to, where was he working? Where were you working? Uh, he is working for an uh, insurance company. He's a uh, adjuster. What? He was an insurance adjuster? Yes, he used to be a manager in Hawaii before. That's, so what yep. happened to the gun? I'm, I'm curious. Well, let's just start. Did you did you ever know that he owned a gun? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Was it a three eighty? You know, at that time, I don't even know, but uh, what kind of gun it is. But I know when he had me sign the divorce decree at that address, Cobbler's Lane, you're talking about. Yep. He, well, he put that gun in my head, so I have to sign the paperwork. <laughs> oh, he he, put, he he pointed the gun at your head? Yes. Wow. Okay, and, and that would have been took, what year? That would have been 96? Uh, yeah, about 95. Well, this gun, um, uh, let me look at my records here. I believe this gun was, it said it was purchased from the bullet trap and that was in 96. So is it possible that, um, let me see. Unless he bought another gun. Yeah, do you recall what the um, what that gun looked like? I can send you a picture of this one. Um, okay. it, was, it was silver, small, uh, 380 caliber. Yeah, you can send it to my iPhone. So what happened? I gave this ex-wife some limited information to see if she would indicate having any knowledge of the crime. What year did that happen? It was 2000. Okay. Did you get that picture? Yes. And does that look like the gun that you knew that he owned or the, I guess yeah, the one that was pointed yeah, to your head? I think so. Did, I'm just trying to figure out where the, where the connection was. Now, if it wasn't, let me tell you this, Matt. This is yes. what I know. I know he got married with this girl from Arlington. Okay. He was remarried after you. That's correct. Oh, okay. Let me write this. And I think they got an annulment. What happened is 
you know, I supposed to get half of the stuff inside the house. And this girl claiming that, you know, when she lived in Arlington, Texas, that she's living with her uh, brother, finding out, he found out that he was uh, a boyfriend and claiming that was uh, Pat's kid. Aubrey apparently went by Pat. Because he was texting me and telling me, oh, uh, you're, we're gonna, I'm gonna have another kid. And I said, congratulations. So he would leave me the fuck alone. <laughs> and uh, what happened is, he tried calling me and tell me that I need to testify on the court. I said, about what? I okay. Said, she took everything out of that house when he was out of town. And, and everything <laughs> out of that cobbler. Yes, that's correct. And what year would that have been? Well, that's probably around. It's probably around 2000, I will assume. Okay, so now we're getting somewhere. So her name was. I forgot her last name. Okay. But I know she emptied everything on that house. And so she thing, would have probably got that gun. Yes. And she was living with the trailer trash guy. Which and that's guy? What, what guy? Uh, well, obviously, she's claiming to him that was that was. Uh, a brother or something, then that's when he find out it's her boyfriend. And then she oh. said she got pregnant by Pat, but oh. it doesn't add up on oh. the month that they got together and the child and getting a DNA, you know, it's not his children. <laughs> so right. basically she is, she's actually taking money out and everything from him yeah. and after that you know he said she took everything because the neighbors was calling me it's like they don't even know we're divorced they said are some are you all moving in the middle of the night because she said <laughs> in the middle of the night wow she went out and used the american express and bought a car huh uh-huh. And took a bunch of that jewelry and everything out of that house, too. So. so she would have probably grabbed that gun. Hmm, okay. So, and would have been his third wife? Number fifth, I think. The wife number five? I think so. Well, you know, when you when you ask the person, have you been married before? Yes, you have a child? Yes. But the wrong thing I didn't ask is how many times you've been married. <laughs> that doesn't work out. That's what the reason we have a divorce. It doesn't make you a bad person. Right. But I will assure you that he is not that kind of type of guy that will kill someone. <laughs> There's no way. <laughs> And so I'm just trying to figure out how did this gun become this murder weapon? And it sounds like this might have a good idea of how.
Yeah, I had a missed call from you, so I was wondering. I didn't know who this was. Oh, okay. Was this? Yeah. I'm a private investigator working on this case from back in 2000. Pretty crazy story, pretty crazy case, but why I was calling you is I wanted to find out, because you were married to a Aubrey Gordon, right? Correct. Yeah, I've, I've talked to his other ex-wives, and basically I'm trying to figure out why a gun that was registered to Aubrey wound up in this crime in 2000 in Dallas. To my knowledge, the cops never interviewed your ex-husband, and so I'm trying to figure out, because basically the gun was used in a murder. What? The gun was used in a murder, and uh, the guy that was convicted of this crime says he didn't do it. There's quite a bit of evidence that perhaps he didn't do it, but he's been on death row for 20 years. So I'm trying to figure out how your ex-husband's gun became the murder weapon. Now, when were you married to Aubrey? Um, 96 or 97. I, I honestly can't remember. I think it was 97 and we were married for about six months. So we only lived together about three or four days before I left him. Yeah, it was a very tumultuous thing. And um, I, I don't, yeah, I don't know anything about a gun or a, I left with nothing. So now this ex-wife of Aubrey has quite a different story than the previous ex-wife you heard from. But as the conversation goes along, it takes me in a whole other direction. I left with absolutely nothing. Damn. Yeah. Now, do you remember if he had a gun? I never saw a gun. It wouldn't surprise me um, because of the businesses that he was into, but I personally never saw a gun. Now, what businesses was he into? He had escort services. He was running escort services? Yes, absolutely. All the girls would come to the house and sit around every night, and he would send them out on jobs. Aubrey was running an escort service, which I found very interesting, because in episode 17... You'll remember a friend of Ivan's told me this. Okay, so I'm just going to throw some stuff at you. So evidently some people that Amy knew through an escort service. That's why I asked if you do anything about that. I don't have firsthand knowledge about any of this. This is like them talking. But she was setting him up to meet with like some syndicate. He used the term syndicate. And he was going to go meet with some syndicate people in Houston about running escort services in Dallas. So what are the chances that Ivan and Amy started talking about running escort services right before the murder, and the owner of the murder weapon was also running an escort service at the time? It felt like more than a coincidence. Huh. That's one of the many reasons I left. I mean, it was... I mean, all these women every night, there'd be 10 or 15 girls just sitting around all dressed and whatever, and the phones would ring and he would send them out on their job. 
So was he running the uh, escort service out of that Cobbler Lane residence? Yes. And again, that was less than two miles from James' house and Ivan's apartment. He had some guy that was running around with him um, that said he was mafia. What was his name? Um, Gambino. Something Gambino. Which was fascinating because Amy Betcher's stepdad told me this. We got a phone call. Nobody was home. We went on the recording and it just said, Amy, honey, this is Anthony. I just wanted you to know that I think the world of you. If you ever need anything, you contact me. She thought it was Dan Beetle. He had some guy that was running around with him. Um, what was his name? Um, Gambino. Something Gambino. I don't know if they've ever connected Gambino to it. I don't know. I don't know. I think I've just connected Gambino to it. I had to ask wife number five how she got mixed up with Aubrey. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot... Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I had to ask wife number five how she got mixed up with Aubrey. He had advertisements in for modeling. Like that was his advertisements was come be a lingerie model, come be a model. And I applied to one of his advertisements. And then I met him and he and I started dating. And then I found out it wasn't, these girls weren't lingerie modeling, they were escorting. But I had originally gone to his house to do, you know, I thought I was going to be famous. Like I was going to be in a newspaper and be a lingerie model. <laughs> That's not what it was. I, I met him. I know it's right around Christmas uh, in December. Um, and then, like I said, it was kind of a whirlwind thing. We dated kind of off and on dated because I was, like I said, I was still seeing my ex-boyfriend. And um, when I found out I was pregnant in February, uh he immediately wanted to get married. Like as soon as I told him I was pregnant, he was like, let's get married. We'll get married right now. And we literally like went to some chapel down in Dallas and got married like that night. I mean, it was that quick. Um, that lasted, I want to say a week or so. And, um, then I put the timelines together and I was like, look, you know, it's not your kid. It's my ex's kid. And, um, that was the end of that. So, yeah, it's, you know, I, and I hate to say that I was young and stupid, but 
I really was. You know, I was 20 years old. I had absolutely no idea what I was doing. You're just enamored with the lifestyle and the money. There was a lot of money flowing through there, all cash money. Um, and it kind of takes over you until you come to your senses and you just realize something's not right. Now, what else do you remember about this Gambino guy? Um, all I know, his name was Gambino. That's all he called himself. There was never a first name. And when I didn't recognize the name, I remember he got upset. He got mad. And I'm like, I don't know what Gambino. And he had to tell me, I'm, I'm the mafia. He really but, believed that he was a big shot with this mob. You know, like he was building himself up. I mean, it was too much. It was, it was just like a big show story, you know? So I didn't really believe any of that. Now, what age would this guy have been back then? Oh gosh, he was so much older than me. I mean, I was just, uh, I was 21. Um, he had to be in his 40s. Because yeah, there was another guy. Now, did he have a full head of hair or was he balding? I was familiar with a guy Amy referred to as Gambino. Gambino wasn't his real name, but he went by Gambino. I had talked to people about him, and the one description that stood out was that someone told me that he was balding and even tried that spray on hair. That's why that was the first thing that came to my mind. Oh gosh, you asked me that. I can't remember. He had more hair than Pat. Um, but it was more of a kind of blondish red. He was definitely a really white guy. And that's why nobody believed him that he was some Italian mafia person. Like when I was there for about the week that I lived there, he was there like a lot, all the time, kind of like in the guest room or in the kitchen. Um, the main hangout place was the kitchen. That's where all the girls congregated waiting for calls and stuff. So... That's the only associate I know that he has. I never saw any other guy at the house. It was all the girls. How would you describe him? Like a big, like over 250 pounds or? I don't mean like fat. I mean like big, like he was wide and <clears throat> he was just a big guy. You know what I mean? Like kind of football player big, blondish red hair, very rosy kind of red complexion. You know, his skin was very white. So his face was always kind of red. That name actually came up in the case. Oh. Um, Gambino. Uh, okay. But I have to find a picture. The guy that referred to him as Anthony Gambino, his name was Bob. We'll call this guy Bob, a.k.a. Gambino. Ivan used to work for Bob at a mortgage company, and this Bob was known to go by Anthony Gambino. Gambino was one of the major mafia families in New York. The name Gambino came up during Ivan's trial, and it seemed to be dismissed as another crazy story among all the other supposed crazy stories, like the pizza man. But Ivan and Amy knew this Gambino was real. And I myself told him that if anything comes up in court about Anthony Gambino, 
it's better off to take a, a contempt of court for not answering the question than it is to find out he was and be involved. And the fact that Aubrey Gordon Patton's fifth wife dropped that Gambino name out of the blue, I knew I must be onto something. But something that didn't bode well for Ivan. Now there seems to be a direct connection from Ivan to the murder weapon in Bob, AKA Gambino. Or could Gambino have been Amy's connection to the murder weapon with or without Ivan's knowledge? Well, it might have been before the trial, but I, I keep thinking it was after that we got a phone call and nobody was home. We went on the recording and it just said, uh, Amy, honey, this is Anthony. I just wanted you to know that I think the world of you, if you ever need anything, you contact me. She, she thought it was Gambino. Why would she need anything from Gambino? And why would Gambino be calling Amy in Arkansas? How did he get Kramer's number there? What was the connection to Amy and Gambino? His name was Bob. Does that sound familiar at all? No, I never heard that name. He did use the name Gambino. And see, basically this case, one of the supposed state's witnesses she was the one that basically fingered her boyfriend for doing it, this guy named Ivan. And she was kind of stripping at that time. Do you know if, was was he getting his escorts from strip bars and things like that? I, I don't know for a fact. I wouldn't be surprised. You know, his ex-wife, she was a stripper. So, she. I mean, it's possible he could have been getting his girls from there. I don't know. You know, this this was back when they just put advertisements in the newspaper. Did you ever see any Hispanic people, like Mexican dudes? No. Within Aubrey Circle? No, I did not. Um, I'm trying to think. There, I, I really mostly just saw girls. Um, I know that Gambino. Well, here we go. I, when I tried, see, I tried when I tried to leave him the first time, um, and I was trying to load up a U-Haul. I was trying to get our stuff out of the house. Uh, Gambino is the one that showed up. And he showed up with the old divorce papers and called the police and the police, he showed up with the police and he showed the police the divorce papers saying that Pat and I were already divorced and that these were the divorce papers that I was to remove nothing from the house. But in fact, he and I were not divorced yet and he was using his divorce papers with and the police officer, I guess, didn't read them closely or whatever. Anyway, they didn't let me take anything from the house. I do remember the police officer coming up to the uh, me and the guys that I had moving to, with the U-Haul because they had to like, uh, they had to just leave it there. They had to let him unload everything. Um, and the guy said that he was missing a Rolex watch and a gun. When she said a Rolex watch, I thought, now you gotta be kidding me. But I guess that was just a coincidence. The missing gun, however, was this the murder weapon? And had Gambino taken it and tried to pin it on this wife number five? And he said, well, these are the most common things that people say are missing that aren't really. And I said, I've never seen any jewelry or any gun. I said, I don't even know anything about any of that. 
But I do remember that conversation with the police officer and he dismissed it. He was like, okay, you know, the police officer didn't believe him either. That's all I know about that. I've never seen a gun. I never, um, the movers put everything back in the house. They completely emptied the U-Haul and we left. That, that was that. That's when I left the house and I left with nothing. So who knows what to believe? Did Aubrey leave her with nothing, like wife number five is saying? Or did she leave Aubrey with nothing, like wife number four said? I didn't need to figure that one out. But wife number five left me with a major piece of the puzzle. I would look a little closer at Gambino. I mean, if you can find him, that guy had his hand in everything. If I sent you some pictures of this Gambino guy, would you know if that was your Gambino? Oh, yeah, he's easy to recognize. I still wanted to get 100% confirmation from wife number five that we were talking about the same Gambino before I confronted Gambino about his connection with Aubrey Gordon Patton. However, I had already interviewed Bob, a.k.a. Gambino, back in 2019 when I thought he was just one of Ivan's old associates. He was just Ivan's old boss. I would never have imagined he could turn out to be the connection to the gun that killed James and Amy Kitchen. Did you use the last name sometimes Gambino? Or is that your uh, uh, is that I, family name? It's, it's part of my family and my mother. I'm sure if you ask Lloyd and you hear my voice, everybody said I, and the way I look, I should have been, I should have played the Godfather, okay? And did you ever know Ivan to own or even just have a, a gun? Not that I know of. Next time on Cousins by Blood. If you're a fan of the podcast, please give a five-star rating on iTunes. To find out more about the case and to see pictures, check out the website at CousinsByBloodPodcast.com and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If you have any information about this case, you can email me at CousinsByBloodPodcast at gmail.com. Mixing and Mastering by Jody Abbott. Thank you for listening and stay tuned.